0: Glory, glory glory, glory
1: South Sydney. South Sydney G'day guys, welcome to the South Sydney Rabbitohs 2023 preview. Now the Rabbitohs finishing in 7th place before another great finals run, saw them reach the prelim. To join me to analyse the Rabbitohs, we've got Robo on the line. G'day Jace. how are you man?
0: Um, good TK'ing yourself?
1: Doing good, man. I know you're super excited. Now, the Rabbitohs, no gains, but they've lost a few players there. Nick, uh, Mark Nichols of the Dolphins, Cody Nicarema joining him in the same team, and also Jackson Paulo of the Roosters. But, mate, one of the most consistent teams over the last five years, four prelims and a grand final. Being a Bunnies fan yourself, what's your thoughts about them, especially with no kind of external recruitment? What takes them to that next level, mate?
0: It's a really good question, I think, when it comes to South Sydney. I believe the answer is with their number one in terms of the trail. If he can stay on the field, I feel like South have got a good opportunity finishing in that top four, and I think that's what's most important to them. The only time they've made a grand final in this cycle of the last five years, they finished in the top four, beat Penrith in the first week, and then dusted off Manly in a prelim. and 2020 and 2022, Penrith were too good for him in Aprilium. And I think playing those three weeks in a row in the finals is something that um, South just can't do with particularly a lot of older spine players.
1: Yeah, Robo, take it manly because we know what the big three can do. I think maybe the Rabbitohs are the next in line where they kind of have that reliance on that big five or six players. You have a look at their bench and the standard from their starting line up to their bench is quite significantly different. But that top five is just a gun top five, man.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. And they're one of the few teams that almost has a gun fantasy player in every single position. I'd say the halves is probably the only position they don't with uh, Ilias and Walker there. But you'd argue Camp- Campbell Graham's as good as any center these days. And, yeah, you're right. When one of those players is out, Souths do tend to have quite a bit of a drop-off.
1: Yeah, mate. Interesting buy schedule this year with buys in rounds 16, 20, and 26. So with Brisbane, I think they're pretty much the last team to receive a buy. So could be a few little early plays that we have to make here in the Bunnies, mate.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think with South players, that's probably what you need to do because with round sixteen and twenty, they're those little mini buys that we have this year, where there's three teams off, uh, which is great if you've got, say, an Origin player like a Damien Cook or Cameron Murray, because you don't have to worry about them losing value because they won't play that week because their team's got a buy. So, yeah, I think with the guns, you probably want to take them early if you want them in your team this year, because if you've got, if you don't have one of them before, say, round sixteen. They're going to miss, what, three of the last 12 rounds, which isn't really good when you're trying to accelerate up the ranks.
1: Yeah, mate. What about, what I was thinking about today with, usually Souths can rest a few players, but with a buy in round 26, they probably have to play in round 27. So, you know how sometimes you just don't know who you're going to get in the round 27? I reckon it's a good play that, I don't know if you can fit them back in, but they're probably likely to actually play that last round.
0: Yeah, I think they I think they will for sure because you look even before round 26, there's four rounds where they go on the road. I think they're at the Sunshine Coast one week, they're at Perth mm. one week, then Tamworth, and I think Cairns might be in there as well. So they pretty much don't play in Sydney for a whole month. Have that by... And you would think for sure that they have to play in round 27 because they might be playing for a top four spot, and as we spoke about at the start, if they finish fifth instead of fourth, that's probably their premiership hopes done, I would say.
1: Yeah, i say so too, mate. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what we'll do tonight, we'll do the studs, duds, cashies, we'll have a little look at bounce backs, some traps, and some drafts if we get a little bit of time. But, Rob, let's rip in. good! <laughs> This now, the first guy on our list, Cameron Murray, 904k, very popular last year. He comes in a break-even of 62. I know you're very keen on him, mate, so give me your thoughts.
0: Yeah, as we spoke about on the intro pod a fortnight ago, he's someone I'm actually looking at to take as a captain from the get-go. And the main reason that I would be looking to do that is if there's lots of value in the halves that you mm-hmm. like. So the likes of Matt Burton I've heard talked about quite a fair bit has been undervalued. Adam Dway, he, Jackson, Hastings, and like if you're going to take two of them, you probably don't want a nearly million-dollar half on top of that, and that's where Murray could come in. And we should see him in that 65-67 range. Like He might not be as good as Hines and Cleary, but it will be very close, and as we know, he's playing one more game before the origin season hits us. So he should be that top scorer in the first 12 rounds. But the main risk we've got is those neck and head injuries, particularly the head injuries, because mm-hmm. most of those HAAs they happen in you know, the first or second tackle he makes. He gets his head in an awkward spot, you know, he gets a shoulder to the chin or the side of the head, and he's KO'd for three in one of the first few weeks and loses 50 60 grand. That's probably your season in the toilet. Yeah,
1: Robert, we saw him back at training, which was we're recording this on the 10th, which was yesterday. So he's returned to training this week. Any concerns that he might get maybe a little bit managed to start the season, considering how late they've come back to training?
0: There is potentially that risk, but I guess as well you have to look at some of those games they've got early on. Obviously, we always play the Roosters very yeah. early on. and. You know, the grudge match between us in round one against the Sharkers, <laughs> yeah. which should be a ripper, I think he's going to really need to be out there for a large portion of the game. And he is the captain as well. And I know that you can sort of you know, defer those duties to someone later in the game. But I think very, very early on when South want to set the tempo, if they're really pushing for that top four spot, they're going to need him out on the park as much as possible in that first five to six weeks. Yeah,
1: now, Robbo, you've put a projection 65 to 67, which actually makes him actually gain money, mate, because he's got a break-even of 62.
0: Yes, and I think the main reason he gains is because he didn't get his price corrected. We know Nathan Cleary, when he got sent off against Parramatta and got that one, NRL Fantasy decided to uplift his price by about 50 grand. But Cameron Murray, last round of the season, when I had him captained, uh, he got a one, shed probably two or three points off his average, which probably dropped him maybe sort of 50 to 60K cheaper than he probably should be coming into round one.
1: Now, next guy on our list, Damien Cook, 945k. I know a lot of people are having a little look at him. High break even in the Cameron Murray at 65, but, you know, firmly stamped himself as the best hooker in, uh, fantasy hooker in the game last year there, Robbo. But thoughts? Can he keep the crown, mate?
0: He certainly can. I, I expect him to do what it says on the tin and average about 65, which isn't really the issue with Cook. I think it's more you look at probably who the next best hooker is going to be, and that's a certain Harry Grant, and I'm really keen to see what the boys have to say about him in the storm pod, Grant's 88 k cheaper. So if you're going to go for one of those more expensive hookers, which I don't think many coaches will this year, he'd probably be the one that I would go for in saying that. I said the same thing last year about Cook, and he absolutely made me look silly. So not a bad option. And again, as we said at the start, if you're going to take a south gun, take them from round one so you get maximum value before they start getting smashed with buys and origin sort of halfway through the season.
1: Yeah, Robert, interesting too. You know, Freddie dropped him to the bench in Game 3 last year. He seems maybe he's on the outer as well. It could be a possibility that maybe Cookie might be playing during Origin as well, man.
0: That is a distinct possibility. And, you know, if New South Wales, you know, don't turn up in game one and Cook's picked and you know, Queensland beat us, which they often tend to do when they come in, uh, you know, as long, long-priced uh, dogs, mm. you know, that could see Reese Robson or someone come in you know, I think Appy Carousel's probably done enough to stay in the fold and he's I think a couple of years younger from memory. Uh so yeah, there is that risk, but I probably wouldn't bank on Damien Cook not playing origin if that was a reason for you to take him instead of someone else for round that, 1.
1: Nice. All right, let's move to the big man Latrell Mitchell. 777k break even of 54. We saw the form that he produced back end of 2022. Brought that into the World Cup. Looks very happy off the field as well. He's one of those guys, you know, with a late buy because really you don't... You could nearly, if you really wanted to ca- carry a gun wing fullback, he could be your man, because really you don't really have to even trade him out if he stays healthy until round 13.
0: Yeah, you're spot on there. And, you know, I'm expecting that sort of mid-high fifty, sort of like maybe 53, 55, and I think he will be the best wing of fullback this year just because he has that goal kicking that Tedesco doesn't have. Mm. And if he stays fit... Yeah, people push him all the way. I feel though a lot of coaches tend to in NRL fantasy will go for those cheaper options at winger fullback because most years there is a couple whether they sit in the mid range role or you know fullback. You know we're looking at someone potentially like Hayes Peron this year actually getting a start at winger fullback. So yeah. there is a bit of risk going with Latrell. Obviously he's a popular player with you know, general NRL fans that might not play fantasy too seriously. But I think at the top, you really need him to fire because if you're going to drop nearly 800 grand on him, he doesn't fire, and people have cheaper wing of fullbacks that are almost keeping pace with him, that's really going to make it tough for you to climb the ranks.
1: Yeah, the, given the difficulty of the draw here, Robbo, if you could only pick one of these studs and you've got the money to do all three, Murray, Cook or Mitchell, who would be the one guy that you would pick?
0: Oh, Cameron Murray, without hesitation. Uh, I think he will outperform Cook, and I think in terms of the mids, yeah, look, there are some mids down that mid-range that'll be you know, quite affordable. You can still afford one of them on top of a Murray. In terms of Cook, I think most people are probably going to take Brandon Smith this year, I'd say, and he's probably one that even if you don't think he's going to be amazing, you probably just want to take because his ownership's going to be off the chart. Yep. And you know, Grant being cheaper than Cook, it's probably yeah too risky, I would say, with Latrell and Cook to take them at the start because if they don't perform you're really going to be in strife. Yep. No, 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 Thanks, no,
1: no. All right, Robbo, let's move to duds. Now, this guy's a real dud. Blake Taff, 305k, break even at 21. Now, for me, he's a contender for the worst fantasy player of all time and he's a bit of a trap for young players because you can get it caught up in kind of a bit of a namesake. You know, he played some good NRL a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, spot on. He's a good NRL player. Now, he's not an amazing NRL player, but he's quite a good player and he's done very well for South. He's played a bit in the halves. He's even slotted in at centre once and obviously had that run at full-bank last year. And I think that's that reminder that we have for this year that if, say, Luttrell, fingers crossed, he stays fit, but if he doesn't, he has an absence at some point. Even if Taft gets five, six weeks in a row... We know he's gonna not going to perform amazingly. So even if that opportunity comes up for him to um have some game time, you've just got to stay away for your uh, for your own peace of mind.
1: Yeah, good tip. Now next guy, similar Jacob Host, a very good NRL player. When he gets his minutes, three hundred and forty-eight k, another trap I think for young players here at break even of twenty-four here, Robbo.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we expect that he'll be on the bench in round one, and you know that sort of little setup they've got with Arrow starting on the edge and sliding into the middle. I could see Host get you know quite a large amount of minutes, which Looks very tempting at a small price, but you look at his pedigree in the years he's played, not only for South, but for the Dragons. He's not done an awful lot on the edge. He's even had games where he scored a try and not done much. So, yeah, look, he'll get some good minutes, but you just got to stay clear.
1: Yeah, all right. We've got our cashies, bounce back, traps, and raft to finish. But before we do that, please leave us a review if you haven't yet on Spotify or Apple. You can join the banter on social media, Facebook Talking League Pod, Twitter, which has been taken over by Andy, Talking League One, and Instagram, which has been taken over by Corbs at Talking League Pod. Now the Talking League textbook that will be out on January 30 and features a comprehensive guide to NRL fantasy for 2023. Got 180 pages full of the world's best analysis and dribble, seven eighteen proof profiles. Predicted roundup one lineup, season schedule analysis and representative player analysis. 391 whopping player profiles with projections, classic and draft recommendations. QA with the last two champs, both Will and Shane. Power ranking for the top 20 players, our bold predictions for this year and classic and draft strategy, which is really, really high class. Now, 20% of profits from the textbook will be donated to Bow Cancer Australia. That's to honour the legacy and contribution to one of the fantasy community's godfathers in Steve Nichols, who unfortunately lost his life with bowel cancer a short time ago. Our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in a free pack of cards. For more info on the textbook, just visit our page, talkingleaguepod.com, but mark down January 30 on your calendar it will retail at 19.95 but will also give you the opportunity as at a free sample 15 page sample before you actually buy the textbook so if you're looking to support the podcast and also a great charity jump in on Jan 30 our friends at Game Day Squad also have some major announcements coming up regarding their product enhancement and prizes for 2023 which will be huge so should be sure to register your team for free at gameday au. now robo let's return to bit of footy chat. <clears throat> Cashy, got a couple of good ones. I want to start with a young man by the name of Josiah Karapani. Now, he starts at 230K. He might not be there for round one. I've got a few mates coaching at and this man's name does not leave our text messages. Now, tell me what, as a supporter, and what you know for the people listening, man.
0: So, in terms of Karapani, he really came on the radar at the start of last pre-season he played in a few of those games and he was thoroughly impressive with his footwork and if you actually have a look online you will see that luke lewis and this is luke lewis's words not mine in regards to his footwork he referred to it as being rts like now that's not to say that he's you know, going to be as good as roger to sheck this year but he does have that footwork and as we know in fantasy footwork creates opportunities for tackle bus line breaks or even one-arm free for an offload. So I think he'll be a really good fantasy asset once he gets a crack. And as you said, DK, I'd be incredibly surprised if he doesn't get a debut sometime this year, maybe even around the origin period of, say, Campbell Graham somehow manages to uh, shoot horn on his way into the blue squad.
1: Put him in the black book, guys. Josiah Karapani. Now next guy, and he's getting a lot of interest, uh, and that's Isaac Thompson. Played a couple of games last year, Robbo. Comes in at a good price. One of the guys that actually got discounted despite his very good average from last year. Comes in at a break-even of 22. Now we've got Tane Milne, who is suspended to start the season, but he's red-hot on both our our watch lists here, man.
0: Absolutely. And as you said there at the moment, he's only a centre, but if he gets a right-wing spot, Isaac Thompson will be a 319k dual position player, which that's a fantastic asset to have at the start of the season. Now, he did only play twice in there all last year, so we probably need to be careful in terms of how much we take out of his average but he did average high 30s in the New South Wales Cup last year and it was all about those run meters the tackle bus and actually finishing off some tries which if he wants to keep that spot in the first grade side it's pretty much all he needs to do have been a winger for the south probably isn't the most complex job you obviously need to do your hit-ups nice and early and he's very very good at doing that getting off the line and uh, making good meters and staying wide and finishing uh, opportunities which he did and I think Andy will probably remember from that game we watched at Combat Stadium last year. He finished one right in front of us. So uh, hopefully he does that a few more times for uh, anyone that picks him. And I think with Thompson, you look at that price at 319, he's probably a player that you actually need to make a decision on around one, is he going to take him or not. We're not too sure whether Milne's going to miss one or two. It's not quite clear yet because South did have the opportunity to apply for the quarterfinal that Fiji played to count. Yep. I haven't been able to find anything in the media about whether that has been applied for and or accepted. But if he gets two games, performs quite well, let's just say he gets, you know, a couple of 30s and pushes up to 350, if you don't own him already, he's probably not going to be a player that you'd want to pick up in round three with not 100% job security.
1: Yeah, interesting when James uh, Jason Demetrio was on James Graham's podcast as well, how much raps he had on him. So he's obviously in his coach's mind. But what I really love is at 319k here, Robo, you don't really get the opportunity. South's a star started. They're a top four, they're a top four contender You don't really get these sort of opportunities. I'd rather someone like him and put the faith in him than probably someone like the Hammer who will be playing for the Dolphins, right?
0: Having a crack at my love interest there. Yes, um, I am. That's that's cut a little bit (laughs) deep there. But we look at Milne last year in terms of when he played on the wing last year. He averaged 37 from memory. Like, it was high 30s, and most of that was just, again, no good hit-ups and early in the sets and finishing tries off because most of the time when he scores a try Milne, he's usually fending someone off. So he gets a tackle bus, gets a line break, gets a try, and... Thompson would be the same. He'd probably score those, you know, like 16 to 17-point tries, I call them, where he gets a line break, maybe on a two tackle bus, and obviously puts the ball down. So if he can do that, yeah, there's definitely potential for that 10 points of value. Nice. I like it.
1: that was real when
0: I hit it, Back. back.
1: Now, Robbo, bounce back time. Now, this young man, Lachlan Ilias at 429k. Now, he's on my radar. Break even of 30. Now, didn't set the world on fire at the start of last year. It was one of those guys that just, as the year progressed, apart from that Dragons game, he just got better and better. And that his finals was scintillating. Like that game that we both went to against the Sharks. I thought he was the best player on the field. We've upped his projections towards what around 38, 36 to thirty eight, but what's your what's your thoughts on this one? Because he does look a little underpriced to start the season.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think he's underpriced without doubt. Last year, first eight games, averaged twenty seven, which isn't spectacular, and a lot of that was missed tackles. But he like you said, he grew into the season and he played really, really well. He played like well from an NRL perspective, mm. maybe not so much from a fantasy perspective, but He should dictate the play a little bit more this year. You know, he's not a senior player yet in the South side, but he is locked in as the halfback and as a halfback in a strong team, you will have opportunities to put on some attacking plays and he will never be probably a epic fantasy asset because South just don't tend to kick the ball enough and he's not a goal kicker, but if he can drop off less tackles, maybe make a little bit more in attack, that 36 to 38 is where I can see him going. Now, Would that be enough for me to take him from the start? I'd say probably not. But again, that sort of mid-range halves area is not looking good. So that might potentially be him being the least worst of a not-so-great bunch. But I'd want to see some more from him before jumping on and uh, picking him up because those missed tackles he had in a few games were absolute killers.
1: Yeah. But I guess, you know, you did make a good point about the defence. But I guess it's one of those things, another preseason under his belt. It did it was noticeable how much Cody Walker started trusting him towards that back end of the season. That opened up Cody as well to open up Latrell. So some big things I think expected from Ilias this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with a lot of his missed tackles as well, I don't think they're one-on-one bad misses. They are, I guess, what I like to call team missed tackles where he slows the defender down and then a teammate comes in and cleans them up. But Ilias gets pinned with the missed tackle. So he can somehow cut those out and actually hold on to the player or just let him go and run at a bigger defender, Um, yeah, maybe he could push low 40s, but I think that high 30s is probably where he'll be in 2023.
1: With that kind of late buy as well, if you're looking for a bit of half versatility maybe on your bench and you've kind of spent your money elsewhere, it could be someone that we should consider here, Robbo? For sure. All right, let's move to our favourite part. Now, Robbo's he's half partner, Cody Walker, six hundred and one k for a break even of forty one. Kind of always is that guy that we just know is so good, but just really can't break that forties.
0: No, he can't. Uh, he did in 2020, uh, 2021, sorry, he averaged 50, but that's the only time he's got anywhere near close to doing that. And I guess in terms of a trap, some people would say, oh, it's someone who's overpriced. But I think with Walker, he's priced exactly what he's at. And when, that's, when he's six hundred grand and he's in the halves, which is a position where you expect your, your best players to score more, you definitely don't want that sort of player. And mm. for sort of lesser experienced players as well, there's always a the risk that Walker goes on a run where he scores you know, four or five tries in three games, averages 60, 65 in that period and looks really crash hot and then you look to jump on and that's when you've just got to use a little bit of discipline and just go, no, I'm not going to take him. Obviously, that's great if you've got him in draft. That's probably the time you want to try and trade him while his uh, price is high, but yeah, you just got to stay away from him in classic because he's not going to be that 50s average that you need in the halves.
1: Yeah, one of the traps for young players is I think he's the only man in the game that can have five five assists in a game and score under 50 points, right, Robbo?
0: that's some talent to have as well.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm excited to finish off with this man. And a little bit of draft talk. And it's Keon Colomatungi Now, he was one of the most improved players in the game for me last year. 722K. Had a great World Cup as well where he played a lot of hookup. But break even of 50. But we're talking about him in a draft scenario here. But we could nearly talk about him in a classic scenario. I guess the biggest thing here is, does, like, where can he continue this this, you know, run of form. And then I guess the other thing is, he must be awfully close to origin.
0: He'd have to be. He's been in the squads before the extended squads, and I think a lot of them were when South were on the bye. So it's naturally convenient to bring someone in who's at no risk of missing their NL team's game on the the weekend. He'll be in the mix. He's been playing some really good footy for probably about 18 months now, I'd Mm -hmm. say. Not only 2022, but 2021, he was formidable. And I guess the reason he's relevant in draft is... In classic, we've probably got four or five edge options in that sort of 400 to 550 that we'll probably all take. And if you take all, say, three or four of those, you probably don't want to be going a full priced edge unless they're going to be like the best player in the game, like, say, David Feeder could be. So with uh, draft, He's 30th on the auto pick in terms of having the 30th highest average from last year. I could potentially see him sliding down depending on the mentality of the coaches in your draft league because you've got the two Braley boys in the chorus and Absar Coruscant that fit just below him and potentially if people are worried about that lack of hooker depth and draft, mm. they may take him above that. So if he was sitting there in the fourth round, you'd obviously snap him up. Late third round would be a perfectly fine pick as well. It just really depends on the uh, mentality of uh, your competitors because he's going to be a very solid asset this year and just sort of average that low mid-50s but be very reliable.
1: Yeah, interesting question here for you, Robert, To finish. Now, uh, standard-wise in draft, NRL Fantasy is scheduled to finish in round 26. Souths have, have a buy in round 26. How would you, for especially for these kind of first-time to maybe intermediate players, does that especially when you think about both Cook and Murray being in the top five players, do you avoid them if you've got an early pick?
0: You would have to think about it very, very seriously, and it would depend on how many coaches you've got in your league. And we usually assume that there's 10 in, in yeah, the draft league because that's sort of a nice way to do it in terms of the snake draft. It's just you know every 10 picks. Yeah, you'd have to be careful for sure, but I think the tricky thing is you look at, say you had the third pick, right? Say, Hines and... Cleary go first two. Like, realistically, the, the third and fourth best players in fantasy are probably Murray and Cook. But the temptation to maybe take a Harry Grant might be there, or potentially even someone like a DCE, um, you know, who's going to be quite reliable. And, you know, with DCE, he loses by in round two, so you know that he's only got two in the back end. So, yeah, it would certainly impact your decision. And for someone like Colin Matungi, who's not like a must-have, like there's probably going to be comparable players when you take him, that's something that... Um, yeah, you need to consider. But in saying that, a lot of your coaches might be on it. Consider that and go, oh, we're not going to take him in the third round. He's there in the fourth, and you, you get him at a bargain.
1: Nice. I like it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be featured on Talking League, we've got two options. The Talking League hotline, that opened now. So just give us a call on 0284057938. All the details will be on the show notes as well. Just leave us your best preseason questions, narratives, banter, dribble, anything you pretty much. Much want. Just give us a buzz, have a bit of a laugh. We're also launching a new show which will be live during the regular season on a Monday night but it's going to vary on days during the preseason. So if you want to be on that, we're calling out for people who want help with their team into round one. You can appear on the show live with the guys and you'll be able to pick up rain on anything you have with your team. So if you want to be part of the show, just simply message one of the inboxes on the social medias. Tell us a little bit about yourself, send us your team and a few questions and we'll get you scheduled in before the season starts. Well, Robo, really thank you for your thoughts tonight. You'll be back for the Manly preview in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it was good fun to do the first one of the Around the Traps for the year, and looking forward to the second one this coming weekend.
1: Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. More team previews to come, a lot of Q&A, as Robbo did mention, Around the Traps, which will be every Saturday. Robo will be hosting that one with Supercoach Whisperer and myself. So stay tuned for that, but in the meantime, stay safe, and uh, we'll check you soon.